0: Hello, hello. If I sound excited, that is because I am. I am here. I'm back for series three of How to Buy a Kitchen or Bathroom, the podcast brought to you by these3rooms.com. Yes, it is a brand new series. I'm excited. Hope you are too. If you've tuned into series one or two, you will know by now. My name is Lindsay Blair, and I am the editor of theestreerooms.com and Kitchens, Bedrooms, and Bathrooms magazine, and of course, your host, chatting all things kitchen and bathroom design. So if you are planning a new project or are in the process of completing one, you are in the right place. So to kickstart a new series, I'm getting into a very timely issue facing anyone who is planning or in the process of doing a kitchen or bathroom renovation. No matter how big or small that might be, I am talking installation. Now, don't switch off. I promise this isn't as boring as it sounds. In fact, if you are planning your very own project, this is going to be essential listening. Why? Well basically since the start of the pandemic in 2020, remember that, doesn't that feel like an absolute age ago, the demand for kitchens and bathrooms has been sky high. So many of us have moved house, decided our homes are in need of a refresh, changed the way we live, rethought what we want from our homes and decided to do something about it. This is all great from my side as I love seeing what you've done with your homes. It's great to see completed projects to feature in the magazine and on these3rooms.com but it has meant that those working in the kitchen and bathroom industry have been full throttle with a capital F and a capital T. Seeing high demand which has impacted product availability, lead times, how quickly you can get your new kitchen installed so if you're looking for someone to do your new kitchen or bathroom, you might find there's actually a little bit of a wait. But they do say patience is virtue. So this week I am chatting to someone who is involved in the installation side of things to find out what you can do to keep your project running smoothly and what to expect when organising the fitting of your new kitchen or bathroom. Hello and welcome to the podcast to Mark Conacher from installation specialist Liberty. Hi, Mark. How are you doing?
1: I'm great, Lindsay. Uh, How are you?
0: I'm all right. Thank you very much. We are recording this on a sunny Friday, so it is good. But I must say thank you to you because you are actually joining me by the powers of the internet, all the way from Vancouver in Canada. So thank you for getting up very
1: early. You're more than welcome.
0: Now, before we get going on today's topic, I'm also really pleased to know, because you told me so, that your golden retriever, Harley, is a big fan of this podcast.
1: She is. She's lying here, zonked out. We've had her walk this morning. She loves nothing better than a walk in your podcast.
0: (laughs) Great to hear. That's made my day. Right. So today we are talking all things kitchen and bathroom installation. It's something that's been in the spotlight lately because lots of people are planning a renovation and are finding that there are long waits and it's you know it's taken time for installers to become available
1: you know what it's it's busy 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 out there but I can feel it ever so slightly dying down just a smidge I now have afternoons when I've got a little bit of breathing space and time to think and for the longest time it it was it was really completely nuts But, but the high demand is still there but it's probably just a bit more manageable I think
0: well, that's good. I mean, I'm certainly seeing that consumer renovation projects and the interest in renovating kitchens and bathrooms is still really high. But between planning or thinking about the idea for a nice space and improving your home and getting it, there is the, the matter of obviously the design, but also the installation of it, which you are going to talk to me about today. Uh, but first, before we get into the real meat of it, tell me briefly about Liberty, your company. So you provide installers, don't you?
1: Well, Liberty began life in 2003. Before that, it was just it was just myself as a sole trader with my love of kitchens, bathrooms, and installation. And that came from being a self-employed installer with MFI from about 1996 onwards. So yes, with Liberty, we are predominantly a kitchen and bathroom installation company. Though we are an all-trade company, so that means we will provide all the various different trades and professionals that our customers need for whatever project it is they're undertaking. We are situated on the east coast of Scotland, the city of Dundee, and I would say most of our projects land probably around about a 30 to 40 mile radius of the city.
0: Do you provide installation via a network of kitchen and bathroom studios and showrooms or direct to homeowners?
1: Both, actually. At the moment, we have contracts with a couple of the major retailers. Since around, I think it was 2017, we, we made a conscious decision to start growing the private side of our business, so supplying and installing kitchens uh, for our own customers, which is doing really well and pleased to say.
0: Yeah that's great to know because I think there are possibly some confusions sometimes and if not if you haven't done a kitchen or bathroom project before or you haven't done one in years there are different options when it comes to installation. You can go through the retailer who supplies your kitchen or designs your kitchen for you or bathroom and there's the option of you know, sourcing the installation yourself and sorting the different aspects separately. So I think it's a good distinction to make because when you're weighing up what to do for your project, you can weigh up the different costs involved in each of them and see what's going to be the best route for you. In terms of the high demand then, what's the main question you're asked when you're working with homeowners direct what are they asking you especially within the last sort of two years or so when the demand has been so high what's the main thing that you're getting asked
1: (laughs) when can you start (laughs) that that's the question that comes way before we even know exactly what they're looking for or, or how much it's even going to cost when can you start definitely
0: cost usually comes first doesn't it do you think actually the the when question is now trumping the cost question and people are more interested in getting a time frame in place before they've even got a quote in
1: people want things today when people start when can can you get going they need to plan it's a big question it's an important one it's something that we we always address right at the beginning and it's it is good to get it out of the way when we're so busy, we all try to be open and honest or realistic with our customers to let them know when our soonest start date is um, very early on and obviously work out if that's still going to work for them. Because with any project, it, it's important that all parts work for everybody. It's not just about being right for us. It's got to be right for the customer as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. It's all about that communication, isn't it? What's the sort of difference in terms of you know the answer to the, the big when question, when can you start? What's the difference in your answer now versus a couple of years ago?
1: I would say our average lead time before, we probably sat around about four weeks, four or five weeks we would be working ahead. Now we're minimum a double that. Really, it really it does come down to the size of the project that you have. We're, we're juggling a lot more and trying to make things work for customers. But if, if I had to pick an average, we used to be five, now it's 10.
0: I admit, I am probably in the impatient crowd when it comes to do anything in my home. If I want something doing, I want it done. So I'm probably your worst nightmare. Um, But of course, you know, I understand the pressures that are on the industry, the kitchen and bathroom industry, as well as, you know, just generally everything at the minute on retail. So it's a big question. But what are the things that are causing these delays? Demand is one, of course, but what else?
1: Other than demand, you know, a real shortage of tradespeople is probably the biggest reason for delays in getting projects started quickly. And that's not just because of the high volume of work that's around. Over the past however many years, probably since I started out back in the 80s, trades have been forgotten about as a good career. The number of tradesmen have just slowly dwindled. Brexit will have added to the lowering of the tradesman number. Product shortages have absolutely caused problems in getting jobs started this whole other side of problems that the past two years have caused.
0: It really has been the perfect storm in every which way, hasn't it? I mean, I don't think I've ever paid such attention to shipping containers or microchips or the Suez Canal, anything like that before. But certainly I've had very many conversations about those things in more recent times. Sure. But the shortage of trades, I think, is a really important point because, you know, that is something. And I know there's a lot of bodies within the kitchen and bathroom industry, such as the the BIKBBI, who are really pushing for apprenticeship schemes and getting that new generation of trades into the industry.
1: Yeah, if you're looking for a a kitchen or a bedroom or a bathroom installer, then, you know, the IKBBI is a great place to start looking. And they're the ones that have been really promoting the industry and promoting trades. We need more organisations like them.
0: Let's go with that then. If I am doing work to my home, in fact, I am actually doing work to my home at the minute. I'm trying to find someone to do some some work in my garden. And the lead times for that are at the moment five months is about the average for actually getting somebody in to do it which is you know it's crazy and as I said I'm quite impatient so (laughs) it's a long time for me to wait but if I am doing my kitchen or bathroom and I am looking for an installer where do I go to find a reputable reliable installer what's the first port of call?
1: Your first port of call I would say is the BIKBBI their website is uh, BIKBBI.org.uk this website will give you tons of information all around installation. These installers on the site are obviously registered with the BIKVBI but there are various annual criteria and regulations that these guys need to adhere to to be registered, which is fantastic for giving customers peace of mind. The installers are all police checked, they are registered with gas safe, they've passed asbestos awareness courses. So lots of checks which keep things safe and above board. It won't guarantee you'll get your job done any quicker, but at least you'll know the level of installer you're going to get is going to be to a good standard.
0: Yeah, I mean, we often have said in the last few years when this issue you know, has been kind of creeping up, that long lead time, shortage of supply, etc., that if an installer isn't available for a few months and then they're booked up, that's almost a good sign, isn't it? Because they have got lots of work on and they're obviously in high demand.
1: Yeah, it's definitely something to look at. No, All good things are worth waiting on. Try not to be put off by lead times. It is a good indication if someone's busy.
0: What other avenues could you go down? That's obviously one, and that's great for all the checks and the peace of mind that that brings. What other areas could you search for an installer?
1: You have check-a-trade is another good place, not not dissimilar to the IKBBI for trades. These guys are all vetted and pre-checked. Google is your friend. An evening spent on Google will drop all sorts of information that's helpful to finding someone good
0: yeah it's it's always great to read reviews from other people isn't it or even you know if you know people down the road friends or family who've had work done just ask them and get first-hand account of who they've used and what they were
1: like yes definitely word of mouth is a great tool we get lots of work from that and people speak you do need to dig lots of times when you when you're in some of these facebook pages and, and and it's people who aren't happy that talk and the people who are happy it's harder to get these people to talk so definitely just ask around ask family ask friends that have had work done and that way you can go you're going to see the work as well
0: it's invaluable isn't it if you're able to go and see and speak to them and just get a first-hand review of what it was like then brilliant it's nothing better than that So lots of different ways of finding an installer but I think taking the time and doing the due diligence is absolutely crucial now so more than ever and as you say have patience good things come to those who wait but if I am doing a job to my home that's relatively small and I've asked someone to come around and you know help me out with it and they are available quickly is that something I should be put off by?
1: No, there's always time to squeeze in small jobs. With a small job if if you can give the tradesman a a sort of an open invitation just to call you when he has a slot available it's not always easy for someone to give you an exact time when he could be there on Thursday. Um, But if you could give an opportunity just to call when he's free then most guys would really jump at the chance to squeeze in a job here or there. We all love big jobs it's the guarantee of however many days or weeks of work ahead of you. But I've always found that small jobs are great for filling in all the little gaps that will invariably crop up over the course of, of a month. If we have a bathroom on the go and our installer's there for, say, the first few days, getting everything ripped out and getting, getting it all prepped, and then the tiler turns up, well, that installer, he can't be on a job at the same time. But the tiler's not going to be there long enough for him to go and start another project. So this is the time when we would organise all of our smaller jobs that we have new doors or new floors things like that we'd send that fitter to do these smaller jobs
0: that makes sense so having a
1: short lead time i I don't see that as a as a red flag or anything like that
0: yeah i guess then if if you are looking to hire someone and they do you know it is a smaller job that could be done in a day or even half a day then if they are available quite quickly and you're a bit surprised by that because of you know the the scenario we are in at the minute Maybe just ask the question. Oh, how come you're available so soon?
1: Absolutely, it's it, it, it's no secret that everybody's busy. Again, it's another indicator of the person that you're dealing with. If you feel they've been open and honest with you, and that sort of communication and the feel that you've got for someone that you're going to work working in your home, and so it's
0: yeah, it's really it's really important to have good rapport, isn't it? And to to. Almost get to know, or just to get that feel of the the tradesperson or the installer. I mean, anyone who you're going to work with on on your kitchen or bathroom, because you're investing quite a lot of money in this in these spaces. So having a good rapport with someone is is crucial,
1: right? Yeah, communication's key. You know what? It's, it's probably not a strong point for a lot of tradesmen. I think a lot of communication problems can stem from the size of the company that you're using. Most installers, plumbers, sparkies. They're all self-employed. They're all one-man bands, or a lot of them are. They're working all day. And there isn't always the time to answer the phone to every question that a customer might, might or might not have or answer every text or email. So slowly that communication can break down. And that's one of the benefits of using just a slightly bigger company. You've got now got more points of contact, maybe somebody in the office that can, can help you at any given time. And um, So I've always found that, the more communication there is, the better a project will run. If
0: you haven't done a project in years or you've never done a project before, it can be quite daunting, you know, having people in your home for sometimes weeks or if not months on end, if depending on the size of your project, and, and also, you know, the level of money involved.
1: It's huge. And, and I think tradesmen, you kind of forget about that. I mean, you get lost in the numbers. You're dealing with these kinds of figures every day. So when you get into the thousands and thousands of pounds, that's not a big deal to you. That's the kind of numbers you're dealing with with customers, but you've got to be mindful get yourself inside the head of the customer and how they're feeling. And if you can pull that off, then you, your relationship with that customer is going to be so much better.
0: From the, the homeowner's point of view and the consumer's point of view, is it a good idea for them to set their level of expectation right from the
1: outset? <laughs> Yeah, the mother of all problems when the installer and the customer aren't on the same page. A good tradesman or installer should always really be mapping out exactly how the job will be carried out in the various stages of the project, when the water's going to be off, when the electricity is going to be off, which is obviously hugely important with more and more people working from home. The power's going to be off on Tuesday morning, say. That's that's kind of handy for the customer to be prepared for that. Things like when do you expect the project to complete? So the level of expectation has to run both ways and should come from the customer as well. Parking, washroom facilities, property access. So it's good to get all these different things all ironed out before any project starts. Just making sure everybody knows what's expected during the project. And that that goes for no matter how big or, or small the project's going to be.
0: And getting it in writing, I guess, is that really important?
1: Absolutely. Always get everything in writing. The building trade, I think, has struggled to shift the bad reputation of years of programs like rogue traders and builders writing quotes on the back of cigarette packets and, and then disappearing. <laughs> on the whole, I don't believe it's like that now, but things like having everything in writing, having a proper contract, terms and conditions, which protects both parties, you know what? That's got to be a good thing.
0: Yeah absolutely and it gives peace of mind to the homeowner as well if you are working on your project to have that record from the outset you know exactly the stages of things that are going to happen you know then you've got something to fall back on if hopefully not if stuff does go a little bit awry you've got this document in place that you can refer back to. Um, I'm going to come on to asking you about you know when things do go wrong because unfortunately sometimes they do but before I do I want to just touch back on uh, the point I've mentioned earlier about sourcing um, an installer yourself versus sourcing installer via whoever you're getting your kitchen or bathroom from because a lot of retailers will partner with installation companies or have in-house teams so what are the pros and cons of each of those if we start with sourcing your own installer
1: so if you source for your own installer, what well, you might find that if anything goes wrong on the on the furniture side, the installer might have less interest in helping you resolve the problem because you'll obviously be left to deal with whoever you bought the furniture from yourself and then if if that happens you know there's a time delay, so you know how do you get the fitter back and so just sourcing an independent an, an installer i mean people i think people do that because they think they're going to get the the price down it's going to be cheaper there's a lot to be said for getting that package whatever company it is if you source your own installer they may not work with that product every single day because whilst a kitchen's a kitchen the products are all just slightly different how those units go together how the you know the drawers work and different functions so so that's sort of the con of, of uh, sourcing your own store as opposed to getting a, that whole package.
0: Yeah, and if you go for a whole package deal and all in one solution, you're minimising your points of contact, aren't you? Which I think, going back to what you were saying just before about communication, it makes that side of things easier as well. If there is a delay or you want to change something or you just got questions, you can just go direct to that one source.
1: Yeah, you'll find that the whole package package has been project managed things i find just do run more smoothly sometimes what we we come across is the customer buy their kitchen from whichever company and then they'll come to us and say oh could you install it and by the way we're going to have our friend's brother's a plumber so he's going to do the sink and the hob and and we have an electrician that we're friendly with down the street that's going to do all the wiring and as i said before i think the main sense of this is cutting costs and saving money But you know what, in my experience, it it never really works. A job that could be done in a week invariably now takes two because a friend's brother never never does turn up on time or turns up early and, and the installers aren't ready for him. So sticking to one person, one main contractor who could bring all the various trades, absolutely, I promise it would work way more smoothly.
0: Obviously, the choice is the homeowners. And I, I would say if you do go for the more segmented approach, you've got to be really, really organised and you've got to take on that role of project manager and make sure that everyone is turning up when they're supposed to and make sure that product is being delivered when it's supposed to, just to keep everything running smoothly. It,
1: you know what? That's a, It's a tough job. It really is a tough job. And especially now when there's shortages and the lack of tradesmen, that's not an easy job to undertake. When you're not doing it every day and you don't have a pool of people, of course, like for ourselves, we, yes, we have electricians and plumbers and trades like that that we use every day. But we also have other guys that we know that will dip in and out and, and help bail us out if, for example, the plumber went off sick, whereas if you're on your own, it's, it's a lot more difficult.
0: You don't know any garden landscapers, do you? (laughs) I can do do a job in less than five months' time. That'd be great. (laughs) Now, sadly, as we've mentioned, demand is high. There's a shortage of skilled trades and people, all of these different factors. And when, you know, surges in demand happen, no matter what industry or what product or whatever it is, there's always the opportunity for people to get ripped off, which is a sad truth really but unfortunately rogue traders might try and take advantage of this situation so what can you do to ensure that you're basically not going to get ripped off
1: the things can go wrong so understanding that your contract is, is something to to really lean into everything that you do the process up to that point of all your checks and reading reviews and these are all so important to getting you to the point of the project starting and all these things will always minimize the chance of anything going wrong. But obviously, yeah, things go wrong. That's a part of life. You know, there's so many parts and and people and that all have to align for a a job to go as it should. And it's not always about it being someone's fault. There's never a tradesman out there that wants something to go wrong. You know, the first thing you need to know is that they do feel as bad as you do and will be just as stressed about whatever's happening. The the mark of a company really is, is how they react when things go wrong. And so sitting down and negotiating with your contractor is obviously the best plan of attack and sitting down to work out, to plan how to resolve any of the issues you may have. But but keeping a calm head will work wonders because if they are stressed and you as the homeowner are stressed and you try to bring that together, it's never going to be a pretty picture.
0: Yeah, and then the communication you've worked so hard to set up goes out the window.
1: So your, this is, as I said, the communication, the contract, the expectations, these are the things that all come together. And, and if you make sure that you have them, then that, that minimizes the problems. There's actually a new thing out just now called uh, Protected. So Protect My Install. And this is where your project can all be run through the Protected organization. So And everything is above board and contracts are agreed before anything starts. And the best bit of this is, is all the payments are paid into escrow. This will mean that, that neither party, the customer, nor the contractor can touch any of the money until the project is completed and signed off as you know, the, the customer is happy with it. And, and if there's any kind of dispute, they'll have a, a resolution service uh, that will help resolve any issues that there isn't. And that way, both parties have someone in their corner. But it does take the sting and the stress out of the, the money equation. But my biggest bit advice would be to keep talking keep communicating and keep everything in right
0: yeah absolutely bottom line what's the thing to keep in mind when you're planning a renovation in these times of high demand and all of the other factors at play how do you get your kitchen and bathroom in because that's essentially (laughs) what people want isn't it
1: try to keep in mind the number of things that your contractor is dealing with at any one time and the number of trades he is juggling with so while he's trying to get into your head it's always helpful if you're trying to get into his shoes and, and understand. So he's most likely he's dealing with numerous projects all at various stages. He's got staff going off sick. He's got material shortages. So my advice is to, to keep in mind also that things will cost more than you think and take a little longer than expected. But if you're patient and wait for the contractor and you feel is right for you and your project, and be willing to pay that little extra if it's going to get you the right person.
0: Well, that sounds like great advice to me. I had a feeling you might say that you must be patient. Um, so that's something that I need to learn how to do as well. Uh, but no, that has been great, Mark. Thank you so much. There's some really excellent advice in there for anyone who is planning or in the process of trying to find an installer or doing a project so yeah thank you and i better let you go and have your breakfast or you know get on with your day as i'm probably signing off i know
1: yeah not an early dose time we get hardly fed I time to wake her up and <laughs> get her fed <laughs> and, and we'll get a walk in there before we get my, get my head down and get stuck into some work for the day
0: great well enjoy your day thank you so much again it's been great to chat
1: thank you for having me
0: Thank you to Mark at Liberty there for that really interesting chat, a little bit slightly different for the usual topics we put on the How to Buy a Kitchen or Bathroom podcast, but I hope you'll agree that that was a really interesting and insightful conversation with so much advice in there about what to do when you're planning a project and looking for that all important installer. I had a feeling that Mark would say patience is key, but also as he mentioned preparation is really important so doing your due diligence before you sign on the dotted line and Actually, get an installer in to do your work and having that good communication from the outset. Another really important aspect to remember if you've got a good relationship with the person you're hiring, then you know it can only go one way, and hopefully, that is a a good way to go. And if you do come across any problems, again, fall back on that communication and just try and see what the issues are that are causing the problems and see if you can resolve it before it gets anywhere near to anything more serious than that lots of stuff to think about in there thank you mark don't forget to rate review and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcast that will you get notified of all the other episodes coming up this series as i mentioned this is the start of another series series three so i'm really excited to get going again as always you can get in touch with me via hello at these three rooms but for now thank you so much for listening as always and don't forget join me next time for more of how to buy a kitchen or bathroom the podcast chat to you soon